you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 84 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host Bob Chichinsky, with my good friend Dog Bark 24. Dog, how you doing, my dude? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you for being here as always. And this week, we are excited to be here covering a uh, good old dungeon guide episode some of our favorites uh this week we have the wolf hunter dlc it consists of the two dungeons march of sacrifices and moon hunter keep um two very interesting dungeons um definitely march sacrifices is probably one of you know our favorites i don't know one of my favorites at least moon hunter keep I don't know if I would say that so much, but uh, I know that one of Dog's favorite titles comes out of there, so uh, you'll have to you'll have to you know stay tuned to find out what it is. But Dogged, uh, we're gonna be talking dungeons, man. That's awesome. So, but like this is the worst interlude ever. But Dogged, what about the news this week, man? Do we have any news? Well, we like. We finished Midyear Mayhem. That was a thing. Yeah. Okay. That's you know that's news. Yeah. How much uh, How much AP did you end up scoring on your ridiculous Xbox insanity crazy party over there? Um. Well, I spent six million, and I was worried that I wasn't gonna. I was gonna be like, uh, you know, go negative in my spending. Because I thought I like overspent my AP, but then it was okay because I scored like six million all on like the last day on my tank because I was able to uh, get in the uh, broken campaign where they're just farming AP and I was able to get that. I think I got like seven skill points on my tank. It was really nice. My God, man! Yeah, the queues for Quagmire were like just hours and hours <laughs> long. Yes. I, I never really made it. it. I never <laughs> made it. Yeah, I uh well did you have a good mid year then overall, would you say? Yeah, it was a really fun mid year, especially trying out, you know, different builds. Um I didn't really play my ex Templar on the Xbox until like actually the day after the event when I was just burning up my scroll. Oh uh yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah, I felt like it was a pretty good mid year too. Like, I don't know. I didn't get to play as much as I wanted, of course. I just have so much stuff going on in real life right now. But uh, some of my favorite times, like, was when we got to play with, like, all our guild friends and stuff. And just, like, uh, went, like we're in Imperial City a couple nights. And that was really fun. And we had, like, a few, a few groups uh, up in Cyrodiil and... It's just cool to be up in, you know, some bigger groups again, running around in some PvP. It was it was enjoyable. I, I had a good mid year. Like I said, if anything I just wish I could play more, so I guess that's a, a successful event. Yeah, the big thing that I was shocked about mid year is that they had that new black Drake war paints and they were like super ridiculous to get because of like RNG. Like, I scored probably about 20 million across both Xbox and PC combined. And I managed to get one of each of the drops. Just one. Like, the face paints only, the body paints only. And apparently there's a rune box that had both of them in there as well. And I got all of those on Xbox. That's crazy. I remember you guys talking about that in the Discord. And I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't think I got any of those. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I felt like I should have, you know, gotten something, and that was just like rewards that were the. I did a, uh, I did a quite a bit of questing as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's wild, man. But 
regardless, uh, at least I had one version that has both. That's kind of cool. So I'm sure that people will be selling them now that they're, the event is over. Probably. So as far as news goes, we don't really have much else for you guys other than the new, uh, you know, Ascending Tide DLC will be coming out very very soon you may be hearing this episode the day it comes out regardless uh it's coming and it's gonna be great and you guys are gonna enjoy it and there you go that's the news and uh as a matter of fact this week uh we don't even have pvp scores for you guys because there's been i mean it was the end of mid-year you know scores are out of whack crazy right now um it's the middle of the month, so things should be winding down for next time. We'll get some scores. We'll take care of that business. Um, but it's okay, because this week we have two seriously thick dungeons to go over. And uh, we're not going to cut them short at all, because, uh, well, we enjoy one of these dungeons more than the other for sure. Both of them are uh, definitely... Um, I don't know. They're good dungeons. Like there's some of the I don't want to say last the one of the last dungeon DLCs that really just like was like really good for both dungeons in my eyes. But I don't know. Uh like I love all the dungeons, but it was okay, so it's the last time that the dungeons just came out on their own. They were not a part of the year-long story. And if you guys have listened to the cast, you've heard me say this before, that I really feel like the dungeons took a turn when they had to be a part of the year-long story and, like, trying to incorporate all that together. It does. It just kind of kills the flow of the dungeons. But I'm not going to get into all that because, like, that was years ago when that started. It has evolved. I think they have done a better job recently. But... This was the last, like, pack that was solely just, here's two dungeons, they're on their own, doing their own thing, and uh, they really, really hit well, um, and it was a great year for dungeons, we had the uh, Dragon Bones DLC pack earlier in the year with Fanglair and Scalecaller, which we had an episode on a little bit ago, and then we had this one come out in the fall, so it was just a great year for ESO, honestly, Somerset was in the, was the chapter, so... I mean, talk about golden ages. I mean, let's have a few golden ages, but that was definitely one of them. So, anyways, I'm rambling. Dog, let's talk some freaking DLC dungeons, man. Wolf Hunter DLC. Uh, let's start it off with the one that's not our favorite. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk some Moon Hunter Keep, man. How do you want to start it off? Can start it off, you know, it's just some basic information. Like, you know, all DLC dungeons unlock at level 45. So you won't be able to get any DLC dungeons if you're under 45 and are queuing up for them. But you can always travel into the dungeon at any level. Uh, and the location of Moon Hunter Keep is the northern end of a Reaper's March. It was interesting to go see the like physical entrances of these dungeons. Yeah, some of them are really pretty. Some of them are, you know, themed well for what they are. So they're not pretty, but they're like... Not ugly, but they're, uh, you know, they fit the theme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, <clears throat> this dungeon, it's no joke. It's got all kinds of, uh, you know, crazy enemies. And uh, this dungeon pack was actually the first time that the hulking werewolf was introduced into ESO. I believe so, at least. You guys might have to fact check me on that one. But I am like 90% sure. And uh, anytime you're going to see these ads just out there, the tank needs to face these away from the group because they do an AoE shout that decimates everyone in it. So it's bad. He also has a circular AoE whenever he stomps. So... Don't be in it because it will kill you. And that is a truth fact. All right. Uh, the next, like, uh, dangerous enemy that you'll encounter is uh, Stranglers. Um, 
make sure not to stand too close to the stranglers as they can uh, grab and, well, you know, strangle you as, you know, in the name. Uh, if you do get strangled, an ally needs to interrupt or bash the strangler. So be sure never to run around alone. And I think on normal, you can break free after a little while, but I'm not entirely sure. I know that they changed up the dungeons a little bit on normal because it was that dungeon on normal was a mess with random people on normal. So they. I know that they uh, kind of nerfed things up so that, uh, you know, pugs weren't just being annihilated by some random werewolf that would come up out of nowhere. So next we've got these uh, mean old Spriggans and we got we got a couple different variants of Spriggans. All right. So the first Spriggan, we got the mean Spriggan. Now, this is after the first boss. So these are freaking the worst Spriggan you're ever going to meet in your whole life of ESO or any Elder Scrolls game. The Spriggans will transform a random player into a skeever. You heard me right. I'm not lying. Make sure to interrupt the Spriggan immediately so that won't happen. These are uh, the one thing that has always ruined our death, no death run. And I mean, honestly, like, it hurts because it has ruined that no death run multiple freaking times, but it's all good. We'll get it one day. What about the other kind of Spriggan dog? All right, next up we have the uh, other Spriggan. Uh, this is just kind of more of an annoying one. It doesn't really do damage, but it's just, well, annoying. And you get these after the after you fight the mean ones that turn you into a skeever. These ones aren't too bad as long as your group knows what they do. And what these friggins do is that they heal and block all progress on the bear or boss. So you need to go find them and kill them. Preferably, you know, in a pair so you, the stranglers don't strangle you. But if you're ever pugging this dungeon and you're on a tank or you're on a healer that does no DPS and you might have to explain the mechanic like, hey... You need to stop trying to kill this thing that's gold barred and healing for all the, any damage that you do and go kill the strangler, not the strangler, go kill the spriggan hiding in the corner over there. And you could find them pretty easily because they have like a, a little healing effect coming out of the sky and onto like the boss or bear. So, yeah. So, for the first boss of a good old moon hunter keep you're gonna come up to a jailer Melitus, Melitus, something like that it's uh it's not too far into the dungeon first boss pretty uh pretty close there and it's not the worst boss but he does have a little bit of mechanics to remember so at 80 50 and 30%, the boss will call for help. Now the tank will need to grab the werewolves first because they're brutal, and that pretty much means that there's a werewolf that comes and there's like a random soldier or something, and that's going to happen at all those percents we just listed. So again, it was 80, 50, and 30. So other than the uh ads that it's gonna keep spawning at all these percentages blood pools will also spawn underneath everyone in the group and you gotta be really careful not to stack those because they definitely do more damage the more stacked and you just gotta pretty much uh move around it follows you underneath it unfortunately and they're all over the place other than that, the boss will also throw out blood circles that you will want to avoid. Now, there's an achievement for no one in your group getting hit by these, but I say good luck to that. And lastly, at 25% or so, the boss will pin down whoever has aggro, and this needs to be interrupted. Oh, yeah, I remember that. All right, next up we have a second boss. This is the Hedge Maze Guardian. 
the main thing with this boss is that it will spawn the Spriggans at 75, 55, and 35%. And they need to be killed first before you can do damage to the boss. And then on Veteran, it's best that the two DPS go together while the healer stays with the tank so he can heal the tank or go, uh, go use a burst heal on the DPS whenever they need it. All right, uh, the boss is a huge cone AoE that goes through the bushes, so the tank should face the boss at either the enter or exit of the room so that the AoE isn't a problem going through bushes and all that. And then lastly, the boss will throw out roots that will snare everybody in place, and then you need to roll dodge out of them so that they stop damaging you because it's a pretty nasty dot that it puts on you. And the next boss, we've got Mylene Mooncaller, which is quite the name, honestly. And for this boss, at 90, 70, 50, 30, and 10, all of the odd, uh, you know, 10s down the scale, dire wolves will spawn and target one person. This person will have a red and black glowing effect on their character. It can be a little bit tough to tell sometimes, especially the first couple times through. Jerry did, so try and make to pay sure attention on your screen to see if it's you. So the person that the wolves are following will need to kite them around in a circle so the AoEs can kill them. You'll also want to roll dodge a heavy attack that the wolves do. Other than that, at 80, 60, 40, and 20, we're also going to get the Shock Wardens that spawn, and they need to be killed very quick. They are really, really bad. They need to be killed quick so that the tank can lead the boss through the AoE that they leave. And, um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's a complicated process, but you got to make sure that you kill them. And then the boss comes in, collects their little uh, soul area over there, I guess. Last for good old Mylene. The boss will randomly jump on top of a random player and needs to be bashed. Because the boss can also pin down multiple people, so you got to be careful because if it does that, it's... It's going to be really bad news. So everyone needs to be spread out so that the boss doesn't jump on top of everybody and just cause a wipe. Because that's exactly what you don't want to happen. Alright, next up we have good old Archivist Inard. Uh The boss starts two adds that will transform into hulking werewolves so you don't kill them fast enough. Normally, we focus down one of the adds while the other one transforms, and then we nuke down the hulking werewolf. Um, it Technically, it is possible for you to be able to kill both of them, but you have to have like really high DPS for that, and we don't have high DPS for that. <laughs> you can do it on normal sometimes, but not a veteran. Uh, and then two more adds will spawn at 80, 60, 40, and 20%. Uh, these ones will come down from the stairs, and then make sure that you focus down at least one of them, and make sure you to not overlap their spawns, because the tank can't really hold, you know, two hulking werewolves and the boss. As far as the uh, hulking werewolf mechanics go, there's just the same thing as the, as before. Um, the tank needs to, you know, face them away from the group. And uh, DPS and healers need to watch out for the circular AoE when he stomps because standing in it will kill you. Right. Uh, next, the boss will also do a colored symbol mechanic where he swaps different colors on top of his head. Um, he chooses it for like, I don't know, probably like five, ten seconds. And then when he finally chooses, everyone has like three seconds to go to whatever color he chose so be sure to remember where all the colors are whether they're like upstairs downstairs like in the hallway you have to remember all that and then a couple more mechanics uh the boss will spawn a crushing bubble on a random person throughout the fight the the bubble needs to be burned down so that they don't die from the bubble and then lastly the boss will put a lightning aoe on somebody 
and the damage stacks with more people in it. So be sure not to stack. So be sure not to stack inside of it. And whoever has the AOE on top of them should be blocking a spell so that they take less damage from it. And then immediately after you kill Archivist and Nard, you go on to Vicosa the Ascendant, the final boss. Good old Vicosa, the one and only. So I will uh, lay it out for you guys here, and then I'll let you uh, touch on some of the hard mode stuff for them, dog. So to start this fight, it's it's going to be a little bit complicated. There's a lot of mechanics going on. It is one of those kind of like pay pay attention to percentages kind of fight because different ads and stuff is going to go on during the fight while you're fighting. So <clears throat> just to start off, you'll want to focus down one of the two big werewolves. Like when you enter, there's going to be a Vicosa and two huge wolf just wolves on the side and they both have these cool names that I can't remember right now but anyways um pretty much you want to have the tank uh taunt one and bring it to the boss while the DPS focus the other one down and then uh you know at that point you don't even need to burn the other one down but you can certainly rinse and repeat so the wolves are going to come back up, though, constantly. It's going to be 80%, 60%, 40%, 10%. And, uh, yeah, pretty much everything in between that from here on out um, for this fight, it's either going to be every 10, there's summoning either adds or uh, werewolves. So keep that in mind going forward as well. So Vicosa, other than the wolves... Vicosa will also do a heavy attack that the taunt needs to the tank needs to block. And on top of that, Vicosa will summon a fear totem that fears. It's real scary. And that was to all you guys from Dogged, clearly. That's two puns in one episode, man. What's gotten into you? Well, I felt like, you know, lack of puns because of, you know. Like a pun, so needed more puns, that's why. But also, you know, it's a real scary thing because she picks, like, the worst possible time and the worst possible place to put it down every time. She knows. Like, she knows. Yeah, Vicosa always knows, man. That's just part of the thing. So, past that, Vicosa's got a little bit more stuff going on, so she also has a pounce mechanic. Um, so, whoever has aggro at that time, be aware that you guys shout it out so your teammates can uh, unlock you. So, Vicosa also throws a fireball AoE on the ground. Now, don't stand in it, because, yeah, you guessed it all. Uh, fire burns. So, a lot of adds are going to get summoned in this fight. As I was saying earlier, there's going to be like 90%, 85%, 70%, 65%, 50%, 45%, 30%, and 25%, and even 10%. So, these things start to stack up really quickly, especially if you're just burning the boss down. you got to be careful to make sure you take care of the adds, too. Especially because there's a lot of them. And the werewolves heavy attack can one-shot you. So you got to be sure to roll dodge that if they're coming at you. And then starting at 50% and until 20%, Shock Wardens will spawn for the hard mode. Though, so normally you don't have to worry about that. Now, at this point you're going to want to pull all the werewolves to the Shock Wardens to burn them as you focus down the rest of Shock Wardens. So that's pretty cool. After wardens are killed, the tank will need to lead Vicosa through the AoE to make her no longer enraged. Well, there you go. All right. And uh, now going into more of the hard mode focused mechanics. At 70%, of the outer ring of the room will spawn stranglers that have low health, but they do respawn. Uh, usually if one person puts a couple of dots on a few of them, they will die out. 
And then just like the stranglers before, they'll stun you if you're too close to them. So you don't want to stand too close to them. And if you do, you'll get stunned. And then you have to call for help. You know, tell someone to come bash it for you. All right. Uh, next, you know, at 30%, we have the ghost of Christmas future. You know, he comes into the fight with his color symbol mechanic where he chooses a color for everyone to go to again. So picking that rune is pretty intense because, you know, you have to deal with all the werewolves, the shock wardens, uh, the stranglers, and I'm pretty sure the rings or the runes are right next to stranglers. So it's crazy and it's it's designed to you know be hectic and crazy and try to kill you so and then when you get down to 20 percent, it's just an even more chaotic mess because first you have zell and eri they're gonna just gonna break off their chains and they're gonna do whatever they want so the tank will need to taunt one while the dps burn the other one down uh you have to watch out for their the big wolves aoe cleave while you're watching out for you know, stranglers, and you have to watch out for shock wardens that are still up. If there are any shock wardens, like, that would be the time that you kill them. And then you still have all those crazy werewolves that will one-shot you if they hit you with heavy attack. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, and you want to make sure that you clean all this before you go into the execute phase. So, which is about 15%. So, between 20 and 15, you really just want to focus on all the ads and all the extra stuff and not damage the boss like at all and then once you go into execute you have to be fast because at 10 percent you get even more ads and those will ads will turn into werewolf behemoths which is the hulking werewolves so that's uh you know pretty complicated and the tank can only taunt like one or two of them before like it gets crazy and then you get even more ads at five percent which can also turn into werewolf behemoths. So pretty much at like 10%, you really need to just focus your executes on the boss and the tank needs to try to grab every aggro he can until then. So, and that's the end of Vicosa's mechanics. Yeah, this hard mode is not very forgiving. Like... Especially with how, like, the ads, like, you could stack them and everything. Like, it gets pretty bad pretty fast. Yeah, definitely. So, what about the sets that are going to come out of this dungeon, my dude? Alright, well, first you're going to have Moon Hunter. This is the light armor set. This is going to give you weapon and spell damage on its two-piece and three-piece. And then crit chance on your four-piece. Then its fifth item reads... When your alchemical poison fires, increase your weapon and spell damage by 547 for 8 seconds. Now, initially, this set was pretty bad because mages don't normally use poisons. But uh, as for, like, the weapon set, like, this could be something that uh, might be good, like, on a stand blade. As, like, the weapons in jewelry. Because they usually use, you know, poisons. Especially if you use like poison inject with the poison and it hits snipes and busts your snipes, or your other, or you just can, uh, what's it called? Ambush. You can ambush in, and yeah, there's a lot, a lot of things you can work work with that. So I don't know because I use uh, poisons on my PvP build for my necromancer, and I'm like, this sounds kind of nice, honestly. I'm like trying to think. How often my poisons fire, but it's pretty often. I don't know if it's eight seconds, but it's got to be right around there. So then for the medium set, we have Savage Werewolf, which is going to give you max stamina, weapon spell damage, and stam recovery on the way to your light and heavy attacks rend flesh, causing your enemy to bleed for 232 bleed damage every second for four seconds. This effect scales off the high of your weapon or spell damage. So, uh, I mean, if you're doing a lot of light and heavy attacks, which you should be, then it's definitely helpful. Um, they have, you know, a pretty large bleed, but it only lasts for four seconds. So it's like, I don't know. I was never big on that. 
All right. The uh, next set is Jailer's Tenacity. It does, this will give you 4% healing taken, max health, uh, another 4% healing taken. And then its fifth piece item reads, when you lose 7k or more health from a single attack, you gain major vitality for 8 seconds, increasing your healing receipt by 16%. Now, this is a pretty bad set because normally if you lose like a lot of health, um, I can usually just like burst heal somebody back to full, even if it's a tank. And if not, like I burst heal you twice and you're back to full. So having a fifth piece, uh, fifth piece item set that gives you major vitality isn't really necessary. So definitely better options out there. Yeah, there's so many five piece sets that that is just definitely superfluous. So now for the monster set, we've got Vicosa. One item is going to do 4% healing taken. Two items, when you bash an enemy you've taunted, you frighten them with a, def a deafening howl, applying major cowardice to them, lowering their weapon and spell damage by 430 for 8 seconds. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds this is a set that once again it's not really going to be too big for us right off the bat because there's a pretty big gap on uh you know the uptime there which is unfortunate and it has to do with um bashing an enemy that you have taunted so it's really clearly seems like it's gonna be a tank thing more than anything else um, so it's a very niche set, which a lot of monster sets kind of are, but I've honestly, personally, I've never seen this one too widely used. Well, you dog, what do you think of this monster set? Yeah, I definitely agree. If the, uh, debuff was like, I don't know, like if the debuff could be applied to like multiple people and like each person had their own like 15 second cooldown, I could see this being used in PVP. But it's not so. Yeah, it's not that really good of a monster set. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, I don't know. I could see why they don't want it in PvP too. All right. Next up, we have some achievements, and the uh, first one is Wolf Hunter Explorer, and this is enter either dungeon for the first time. And this will give you the werewolf hunter hat. And it's a pretty nice hat. You know, definitely one of my favorite hats. For one of the free ones, yeah, it's definitely a more preferable one, no doubt. Then we've got the Moon Hunter Keep Challenger. And for this one, you've got to complete uh, both Moon Hunter Keep Conquer, which gives you the Silver Knight title. That's for doing it on Veteran. Um,. The Alpha Predator, which is for doing it on hard mode, that gives the Alpha Predator title, which is Dog's favorite still to this day. Uh, running with the pack, speed run, head of the pack, and no death. And when you complete these, it will give you the Sable Man Beast skin. So there you go. It's basically. Um, you know, hard mode, speed run, no death. Just completing it on veteran, you know, comes along with that. So, yep. And then the last two notable achievements are uh, your veteran direwolf slayer, which is defeat 200 direwolves or vicious direwolves on veteran. And the, you also have veteran hulking werewolf slayer, which is defeat 50 hulking wolves on. And then both a huge experience gain. So, so, Dog, what was your favorite part of this dungeon? My favorite part of this dungeon is definitely the title, but I also like the chaos that's involved in it. Like, especially on normal, when you just burn stuff and not everyone in your group is ready for it. So it's like when you it's like having a huge dog pull, but on a boss. But it's a DLC boss, so everything actually hurts, and it's on normal, so it's not like. On veteran, we're like, oh, you burned, you overburned the boss. Well, you're dead now. So, 
Right. It's very chaotic and I like chaotic. So. Yeah, I feel you on that. Definitely feel you on that. So as always, before we go into the rest of our episode, we wanted to knock out this little robots radio break for y'all and remind you that we are a part of the one and only robots radio podcast network. If you go check out robotsradio.net, you'll find all kinds of awesome, great shows just like this one. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. All right, so dogged, we are back, ready to talk about the one and only March of Sacrifices. This is definitely the more preferable of the two, no doubt. And uh, just the same, it unlocks at level 45. The location, I believe, is Reaper's March. I could be wrong on that one, though. It is a western green shade. So just as with the other one, it unlocks level 45, and this one is located in western green shade. It's got a nice little statue of her scene there. You should go check it out, no doubt. So, Dog, what are the uh, dangerous enemies here in this dungeon? Alright, the first one is the Sea Lurcher. And the Sea Lurchers have a huge corner AoE that needs to be blocked or, you know, not stand in it. Uh, That one you can actually kind of not stand in it. Um, And then if you thought that corner AoE was huge, well... That's nothing compared to the Sea Lurcher's Tidal Wave that takes up, you know, approximately the entire map. So make sure that you block when you see this, because if you think you're far enough out of it, you probably aren't. So definitely make sure you block. And then, you know, if you were to go crazy and pull two of them at the same time, then you have to worry about both of them, you know, both Tidal Waves. And if you get hit by both Tidal Waves and you can't burst heal fast enough, well, then you're probably dead. So. Definitely make sure that you take these one time. Definitely make sure that you take uh, the sea lurchers one at a time. Especially They're insane. They're like the biggest AoE attack you will see ever. <laughs> yeah. And other than that, we have the Blood Scent Assassin, which is one of the enemies that will pin down players and then assassinate him. We'll go try and assassinate him. So you need to make sure you focus down the assassins first and bash them when they try to kill one of your friends. So they won't do that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the first boss is your uh, We Are a Sisters. Um, the sisters should be killed in this order. Healer, Archer, and Melee. Uh, first off, with the, we have We Are a Spring of Fire, and that's the healer. Uh she has a white aura around, which increases the healing received for her allies. Uh, this isn't too bad. Uh, the tank doesn't really need to taunt this boss because she doesn't really do much damage. Uh, the only mechanic that she does is heal people, so make sure that you interrupt her right away when she starts healing people. Uh, the second one is Rearus, uh Strigaday, and this is the Archer. Now, this one's the more annoying one because she has a blue aura that acts as a negate, so you can't cast ultimate spells or revive people while in her aura. Um, The tank will want to taunt this boss. Uh, She has a cone AoE for arrow spray that you don't want to stand in. And her last mechanic is that she has a snipe mechanic that needs to be bashed or interrupted. And that's her. And then the last one is Weiris uh, Ursis, and this is the melee. I think it's like sword and shield. Uh, she has a green aura that increases resistances for her nearby sisters. Um, that isn't too bad either. Uh, this boss has a heavy attack that 
This boss has a heavy attack that needs to be blocked if you're the tank, or needs to be rolled dodge if you're not a tank. And then she will randomly charge at a person to stun them, and she'll also knock down anyone in her line to that person. So, and she likes to, she usually likes to target one person. So sometimes she'll target like Bob, or sometimes they'll target me the whole dungeon or the whole fight. But yeah, she usually likes to pick one person and always charge after them. And then uh, immediately after that boss, uh, there's a couple of ads like in the next room that you can fight. Nothing really too big about that. Um, but that room has the first secret indirect boss that you can fight. Um, so the way that you want to go about that is you want to find all the ads and then you want to kill them all. And then what you have to do is you have to go down and sneak and then you have to go search around everywhere. Make sure you search like the huts and the corners and all the, all kinds of different places. And then you have find like, uh, say like suspicious something or mysterious something. And you're going to want to interact with it. And then you are going to want to follow the wisp into the indirect room. Uh, be sure to wait for everyone so that when you find the Enderic, you can kill it before it escapes. And you have to remain crouched down the entire time. And then you also have to avoid any like little ghost Enderics or bad AOEs. And like when you take the Wisp into the room, you have to find it three times and synergize it three times. So, yeah. Since it's the first one, it's not that too complicated. So it kind of just shows you the mechanic for what what's to come. And it's good to know. So the next boss, we have Agata of the Solstice. This boss will summon four lurchers that the tank will need to taunt as each one spawns. When you kill them... They drop a synergy that protects you during the big AOE from the boss. So, um, kill the lurcher, grab the synergy. Kill the next lurcher, someone else grabs it. Kill the next lurcher, someone else grabs it. Until everyone has one. And then you're ready for the blast from the sky so everyone can survive. Um, and then it's just kind of rinse and repeat. He can be, like, jumping all over the place. Kind of a bully, so keep that in mind. So, what about the second secret Indrik there, dog? Alright, the second secret Indrik is, uh, this is pretty much the same thing as before, but it adds an extra AoE in there, and I forgot what, uh, I forgot to say the first buff for the first one. So, the first buff that you get is, uh, you add weapon and spell damage is increased by 275. And then if you're a werewolf, uh, your weapon and spell damage is increased by 375. For the second buff, um, you get the boon of prowling. And this will ignore the movement speed penalty while in crouch. Decreases the time it takes to crouch by 50%. And then movement while in stealth no longer costs in stamina. And then if you're a werewolf, uh, you gain immunity to Indrix teleportation magic and can interact with hunting wisps while in werewolf form. So then we have the uh, third boss, which is Degrun the Bulky. Um, this boss will jump up into the air and launch an AoE circle charging at each player. You either want to roll dodge into the AoE to avoid it or block it if you don't have enough stamina to roll dodge. Um, the boss will swing his sword around and cause three circular AoEs that travel all over the place. Try to avoid these when possible. And throughout the fight, the boss will spawn archers that need to be focused on because having too many up will cause problems later on. And that's the Grun the Bulky's mechanics. He doesn't have, you know, a bulky amount of mechanics. You gotta take what you can get, right? Right. So, we're coming up on the fourth boss now, next to last. It is a big Indrik. This fight will feel similar to the secret bosses, but, um, you know, longer, clearly. You do have to be crouched down, looking for, you know, a certain wisp, um, sending it across to each other. It's It's interesting, no doubt. So, this fight is really... 
very similar to the secret bosses. With the changes to how AoE work, this fight isn't as terrible as it used to be. You have to find the Wisp, as I was saying earlier. There will be a hunt phase uh, three times during this at 75, 50, and 20% where you're going to have to crouch down and look for the Wisp. Uh, there are ads that spawn during the fight as well, and they're super annoying. So they're the ones that throw the thing and stun you, and you can't move until someone frees you, and sometimes it's just too late. The boss also teleports around, and after teleports, he likes to do the stomp mechanic, where he just stomps all over the ground and uh, just shoots lightning everywhere, and he needs to be interrupted during this, or he will just wipe the whole group. And lastly, he'll do a fire run, and you don't want to be in front of it or stand in the trail behind him, because, man, it is not good. It's very hot, and just, yeah, I would not advise doing that. Yeah, it turns out that fire burns, and it's not good for your health. So, lastly, before our uh, big, bad final boss, we do have one last secret boss to get you that extra buff. This one is the hardest because it adds even more AoEs to dodge. Other than that, it's the same as the other two. So... This one gives the boon of hardiness, which increases your max health by 2,500 and reduces your damage taken by 5%. Well, in werewolf form, max health increased by 4,000 and uh, reduces your damage by 10%. So I've never seen anyone do this in werewolf, but there you go. It's there. But activating the hard mode removes all of these boons, so you got to keep that in mind when you're going to do the hard mode. Yeah, and then if you do all these boons, you also get like a bonus chest at the end, and I think it gives you like crafting materials and maybe a set piece. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've done all three of them. Fair enough. All right, so the final boss is good old Balorg. So first, Balorg will do a fire charge that leaves a trail of fire on the ground, similar to, you know, Tarsier. Um, Balorg also does a fire stomp, circular AoE that you want to avoid. Uh, and then after this, you also want to get into the water for the next mechanic. Uh, you'll hear Balorg shout, feel my flames, or I'll burn you into a crisp as like an audio cue to, uh, you know, get moving out of like, get away from him and then on the hard mode this will also throw a fireball at each player that they need to roll dodge if possible not doing so isn't a big deal though but it does do a significant amount of damage so you definitely have to heal right right away pretty much right after he does that fire aoe circle thing uh he'll use venomous spores on the islands so you don't really want to be on those or kind of near the edges of them. And then more audio cues for this are I'll choke you all out and feel Venom sting. And when you hear that, you're automatically like, man, I need to get in the water because I don't want to, I don't want to know what Venom stings feels like, or you don't want to be, you know, choked out by the Lord because, well, that doesn't sound like a fun time. And then, as a matter of fact, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then shortly after that one you'll want to get back onto the land because he's not gonna have an electric party in the water that's very shocking and deadly too but very shocking uh well lord gives us you know nice audio cues again with a storm's fury is mine to wield and even lightning obeys me now mainly the second one and yeah the uh, other big mechanic that he does is that at 80, 60, 40, 20, and 5%, uh, Bullory will go into a hunt phase. Uh, during this phase, somebody will be targeted and will need to lead the boss to a glurry circle trap AoE that spawns after a few seconds. Uh, during this phase, there are wolves that can be killed while you're waiting for. And on you know the non-hard mode, it's pretty easy there's not much complication to it but of course on the hard mode uh 
everyone will need to do it. There's four different shades of Blurgs that are chasing you. So you definitely want to stay away from the shades because if they catch you, they'll kill you. And to make it even, you know, more complicated, the shades can also do the other mechanics. So be sure to listen out for those audio cues. Those audio cues when Blorg throws them out. So, you know, the fire, the storm's fury, light, lightning ablation, all that. Good old Blorg, not Baylor. He doesn't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. And then uh, also on the uh, hard mode, during the venom phase, stranglers will spawn in the water and spit poison embers near them to slow you down. Uh, when you see them, you want to kill them because they will be prob- problematic when there's a lot of them or you're trying to run around in the hunt phase and there's like a bunch of them all over the place and you have to like be on the land or you have to be in the water and it's just very complicated and it gets very complicated very fast. And the big thing with the hunt phase is that you definitely want to stay as a group so that you can be healed and you can throw like uh, AOEs and stuff like that down. But uh, that wraps up uh, Balorg's mechanics. Or, you know, Balorg, if you pronounce it incorrectly. So, uh, we just got some set talk here and some achievements before we wrap it up for you guys. First, we've got the light set, Hanu's Compassion with Magic Recovery, Max Mag, and another Magic Recovery. Adds 1963 Max Magic. On the way to the five piece, when you resurrect another player while in combat, both you and the player gain major heroism for 15 seconds and grants you three ultimate every one and a half seconds. So, definitely not a bad set. Maybe not the craziest or best out there, but it's nothing bad. All right, the uh, medium armor set is Blood Moon. Uh, this will give you weapon and spell damage. It's three and four pieces, will give you crit chance. And then its fifth item reads, when you deal damage with a light attack, you gain a stack of blood sand for eight seconds. When you gain five stacks, you become frenzied for five seconds, increasing your light attack damage by 55% and attack speed by 50%. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. Uh, this set's pretty good for, like, you know, a werewolf, which is kind of what it was designed for. But, um... Other than that, I don't like. I I guess it's an okay set for like just stamina DPS, but definitely something designed for uh, werewolves. All right, so next we've got the heavy set Haven of Ursus with max health, healing taken, and max health on the way to the five piece. When you take damage while you are under 60% health, summon Ursu's spirit for 6 seconds at a random group member. You or a group member can activate a synergy on Ursus to grant a shield that protects up to 6 group members within a 28 meter radius. This effect can occur every 10 seconds. Yeah, that set kind of sounds interesting, but I don't... I've never seen like the Ursi's thing proc, so I've definitely never seen anybody actually use it. So, yeah, I'd have to agree. And then lastly, we have the monster set, Good Old Blorg. Um, its one piece item will give you weapon and spell damage. And then its second piece item reads When you use an ultimate ability, you gain weapon and spell damage equal to the amount of ultimate consumed. And physical and spell penetration equal to 23, uh, 23 times the amount for 12 seconds. So you can gain a lot of weapon and spell damage and a lot of penetration. And this is really good for PvP. Next up, we have our list of achievements. And the first one is the Great Indirect Hunt. And this is kill all three golden Indirects. And this will give you the Werewolf Behemoth Sigil Memento. And this is definitely one of my favorite mementos to annoy Bob with, of course, because it's really a good memento if you can't annoy Bob with it or anybody. You can annoy a lot of people with that memento. It's the oh, one that the turns one you into a werewolf yeah. and you howl. Classic. 
Not the worst annoying one, but definitely up there. <laughs> then we've got March Sacrifice Challenger, just completing all the good stuff. Hard mode, speed run, no death, and this is going to give you the beast personality for this one. So go complete them each separately. Go do the hard mode. Go back do the speed run. Go back do no death, or try and do them all at the same time. Doesn't matter as long as you get all of them all done at some point. You will get this awesome personality. So yeah. Yeah, uh, there's also the achievement Wolf Hunter Delver, and that's when you complete both dungeons on Veteran. It'll give you the Styrene Chrome die, and this is probably my favorite die in the game. Definitely, the, like, top five. And then the uh, last two uh, notable achievements is your Slayer achievements again, and you have the Veteran Wisp Mother, and defeat 50 Wisp Mothers on ve Veteran, and then your Veteran Blood Slant Slayer, and you have to defeat 300 Bloodsent enemies on Veteran. And both of those will give you huge experience gains again. So uh, what is your favorite part of the dungeon, Bob? Honestly, the aesthetic of uh, March Sacrifices is really awesome. It's in, you know, her scene's kind of, uh, I think, Realm of Oblivion, maybe. If it's not, then it's in some crazy place, but... They've got these like orange and blue glowing like petals and like fungi everywhere that look really, really cool. Um, outside of that, you know, it's just a challenging dungeon. It's good to try and sneak around stuff and get a speed run. Uh, see if you could kill all the golden injuries still doing a speed run. And uh, yeah, just a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, March's Sacrifices is definitely. Uh, visually my favorite dungeon um also not necessarily this dungeon but uh, both of them gave me you know my four-year favorite die of styrene chrome and also this dungeon gave me the good old you know werewolf behemoth sigil memento that i like to you know spam repeatedly to annoy bob or other people sometimes i just do it at a way shrine and i use that for like a solid two years until i got the dragon horn from uh, what was it? So like Southern Elsewhere Prologue, I don't know one of the prologues. That was that was fun to use that too. Right, I do really like the um personality too, but I just never seem to use it. Yeah, the personality is nice, but yeah, definitely not. I don't know. I did. It's nice, but it doesn't really fit like my play style. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or, like anything that I want my characters like. Like, it's fun whenever, like, you're sprinting around because you're kind of just, like, crawling on all fours, but... Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it looks like that's going to do it for us. So thank you for hanging out. Thank you guys for chilling with us. Dog, why don't you tell the people where they can find us when we're not right here? All right. You can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook at the Red Diamond Courier. And then you can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord on our robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you will see links to awesome things like ESO-Hub.com, our merch store, our sound producer, everything else. Well, music producer. And... If you guys go rate us on Spotify, then we'll love you forever. We're almost up to 25 five-star reviews. Let's get it to 50, and we'll do a giveaway. So how about that? So thank you guys once again for checking us out. As always, Dogged, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, ESOPC, and Xbox. I'll have at Dogbark24. And for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky, anywhere you can find me. With the space in between on Xbox and Bob underscore Trajinsky everywhere else. So, once again, thank you guys so much for chilling, talking some dungeons with us. We'll be back very soon to talk some patch notes and have a great week next week. So you guys enjoy the weekend and get ready for some ascending time. Yeah, see you next week. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. 
And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast.